Intentions that go on in Dhamma practice and intentions why people practice is about problem solving some kind, fixing, changing conditions and causes that are occurring. Mm. So natural enough uh, uh, rationale or reason. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got to do so much in terms of language, words, uh, partly because a lot of the... Uh, Problem is the words is the is easily captured by words. The thinking process itself is a problem, <laughs> uh, and the conceiving process. Not just as a, uh, as a thoughts going really fast and speeding around with negative effects, but uh, the very uh, uh, kind of modality of thought mm. too fast. Uh, um, I can only work in terms of know what it knows already. Yeah, language is just a series of codes, and you know, just noises that bodies make, in some respects. Um, <laughs> and they're kind of kind of things that happen in <laughs> in in. Uh, sort of brains seem to do them, you know, and these kind of immaterial uh, experiences, they sort of flare up and rush around and flutter out and race each other around, and very much uh, it's the it's this mind base. And, and I said, uh, you know, whatever dhammas arise from mind, these are burning. <laughs> From the mano, from the intellect, is a, a, a subject of burning. Mm. Uh, that's what we have. By and large, the um, experience that when we feel disoriented or overwhelmed or uncertain or, you know, losing, it, we go, thought starts occurring. Mm. Thought starts pumping up. Thought is the natural response mm. to, to disorientation. Mm. Get some thought will give us an answer. And of course, uh, it's limited often thought becomes a dis- becomes an agent of the disorientation. It starts predicting and naming and worrying about oneself and describing oneself and this and that and the other, not knowing what to do. And it's kind of storm, cyclone, 
sweeps through in the thinking mind and it can't can't disengage itself it just adds more thoughts and even the systems meditation techniques and systems that we learn become thought and then we you know just apply another think about you know, reassuring thought or what it's supposed to do you know, mm, try this for that's you know it's all the same agency is is uh, operating it mm. So, um, ideally, you know, we get down to do very simple um, places for um, problem resolution. One is energetic, we say roughly speaking bodily, and the other is through understanding, roughly speaking the realm of dispassion. Um, the realm of non-engagement, the d- domains. Oh. Mm. Yeah, putting it very, very simply, you know, say you get problem arises, big problem arises, you feel rocked around, and where are where where are you? Where are you? Mm. Without describe using words, without describing it, without creating an abstract definition, can you feel where you are? Can you feel a sense of presence? Mm. Can you go into that? Can you give it your trust? Can you try a little longer to maintain? Presence as a felt experience, mm. and you let your body help you with that. Certain places are very helpful: the soles of the feet, palms of the hands, opening, end of the breath, ending of the out breath, particularly places that are very helpful. And by and large, when we lose orientation, we lose access to these places, or we uh, we close down or we go up into our breath goes up into the top of our chest uh, feet hands slightly clenched we lose our feet altogether and we just upper body um, trying to figure what, what to do um, so you know, you know why we spend a lot of time just building the body field as I've talked about that these different forms and the form of the field of the body because it's not something we uh, necessarily inhabit (laughs) it's through not inhabiting that that we've made ourselves vulnerable and lost access to the strength and the presence and the groundedness that can offer I'd say, by and large, the world in general doesn't even really know the body. It knows visual appearances of the body. It knows cosmetic descriptions of it. It knows, you know, things that are of little value and measures and makes much of that. And to really know this body, this amazing gift. Mm. 
So it's mindfulness of body and a very simple thing to say. Seemingly skip over that next thing. Don't really, there's a lot of benefit through really knowing it, exploring presence. Mm. Buddha didn't, wouldn't, wouldn't waste his words saying, within this body, the world arises, passes, and the path. Mm. Not talking about a cosmetic body or the visual body, but the felt. Mm. One touches the deathless in the body. Mm. The place where earth, air, fire and water have no footing. Earth, air, fire and water are are like a a simple code for body. You know, the elemental properties. So we're contemplating body as just substance, heaviness, pressure, uh, heat, energies flowing, flooding, rushing, fiery, vital. Uh, pressures moving through air, breathing in, breathing out, but all kinds of pressures moving through, and the cohesive uh, uh, connecting quality of embodiment, the way that resonances run across it like ripples across a lake. So now this is now this is a little bit closer to what's being mentioned. Uh, and then where is it those elements don't bind? Mm find no footing and you know well <laughs> it's up to you but uh, uh, here when they come into harmony you know why a lot of practice can be just about soothing steadying balancing, brightening up, cooling down, opening up this elemental body. So as they come into harmony, there is, you sense something, a sense of a resonance there. It's just, uh, it's not measured in in ordinary terms, but there's a a, a depth. Uh, and it can seem like, you know, you might imagine it to be a narrow channel, but I, I, I sense it's, it's not, it's not, it's, we can act, we seem to maybe sense that as a narrow channel within the body, particularly the end of the breath. If you come into the breath, and as if you just turn back towards the spine, you come into somewhere that's seemingly cooler, more open. But I don't think, I think that's just the pathway in. Yeah. Something that can't really be exactly measured apart from it's where these energetic forms cease, these, you know, these qualities stop activating. Now this of course could be, you know, it's fairly, it can be very subtle, but at least just building up that sense of reference to, to embodiment. And again, this is counterintuitive because by and large, when the afflictions touch us, then we 
kind of think or look for an answer or, or what do I remember? Uh, and you to remember a very simple thing here, presence, body, and take, take some time over until you get it, you really feel it. And uh, you can feel it. There's a try to explain the upright axis, the midline, the sense of balance, groundedness, and just stay with that. These rolling tides that rush through don't just quit in a second. Mm, they're like sometimes you just sometimes you just have to weather through and hold hold that key on that stuff. But you begin to sense you've got you've got a ground, you've got an orientation, mm. and the pressure, the panic, the fluster ceases. You'll be here, and it's worth a lot really to spend time with the dullness of the body and the the agitation in the body and the pain in the body and the, all the tangles, just this is what we call, this is our, you know, work. Most of this practice is like 90% is just spade work, just clearing ground, creating forms. Yeah. About 8%, next 8% is, is kind of working it out, maybe 2% realization, maybe. <laughs> But when you get two percent, really, it's that's wow. You know that that's really, you know, it's worth it. Because <laughs> every time there's a realization, something you resets. You just don't quite go so deeply out into the samsaric tailspin. Yeah, and then dispassion. You get more ground for dispassion. This is just this. The mind's going loopy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's lost, it loses it. And then the various forms it can come up with, self-criticism, uh, you know, uh, depression, doubt, craving, passion, conceit, stubbornness, you know, you know blame, whatever, all the things it can come up with. It's just an endless box of tricks it can come up with. Uh, that's why you really, it's, it's uh, really recommended to use body because the mind is so slippery. So there's nothing can do you so much harm. Nothing can do you so much harm as an ill-directed mind. <laughs> Such as, <laughs> nothing can do you so much harm as an ill-directed mind. <laughs> And nothing can do you so much benefit as a mind that's tamed, guarded, protected. Yeah. It's just kind of like pivotal, isn't it? Yeah. And so we want to catch how that mind is getting spun. And we have hidden, hidden processes that we're not really clear about that come rolling through like, like uh, you know, um, as things clarify, as our behavior clarifies, so it seems to have given opportunity for old karma to arise. You have what's called upadi, the acquisition, the residues. And as you get a little bit of clarity, take your foot off the throttle of your life and this stuff comes up, it's got room to speak. That's, that's process, that's process of, uh, uh, 
And as you clear some things, you clear some behavioral things, you clear some, you know, issues with people, you can get a little clearer, it gives room for more, the old acquisitions to arise. And these acquisitions are, um, have power to them. They, they, they bind, and they very much bind you back into the besieged self. And, uh, you know, and the self tries to operate, do something to, to get out of that. Uh, and really, so like, sort of really remember, there's a place that those acquisitions don't get to. It's, uh, it's called here. But it's not much. That's why one, to develop it, all postures, all movements, sweeping the floor, having the dinner, you know, what's here? Even as these movements are happening, what's here? process of using, say, what breathing or breath energy is about, is about uh, being able to uh, move or let from uh, into the active life, you could say, because, you know, into the dynamic active life of the body, which we're living in, where, you know, which our heartbeat, our blood pressure, our actions are all connected to this, this flesh body, and yet use that as a, as a way of, of moderating so you can come from, because all emotions affect the breathing, all mind states affect breathing, dhammas affect the breathing. So yeah, you actually just, the more you get skilled in it, you can use the breathing just to allow some of these, where these, these upadis, these acquisitions arise, you can feel them and you breathe through them and you use the breath to bring you back to just just here, just presence. And use the breath to do that. So in a way, we have to deal with these acquisitions. Uh, uh, in a way, you could say there's nothing going wrong. These acquisitions have to be dealt with, but they have to be cleaned out and not reactivated. Doubt, um, Ill, Ill will conceived either in oneself or conceived around one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, passions of various kinds. So much is has, mm, to be here and breathing. I've tried to explain or breathing is not matter purely of respiration but of an energy the energy of discharge the ending of the out breath you don't even have to focus on your 
nose or your belly, just the, the overall sense of you know, your shoulders when you breathe out. So uh, remember we're dealing with a, a different kind of body than the thing you see. It's a, everything in that body, you know, it, it's, it's in sympathy. So, it, you know, you can breathe through your eyebrows if you... <laughs> It's just the whole, wherever you can find that place of discharge, it's the same energetic signal in that this form picks up. Sense of release coming down your legs, into the ground, through your feet, through your hands, and discharge. So just bear in mind when what is being talked about as a body here. As a quiet, it's, it's a, it's a, dimension, a domain of embodiment. And uh, pretty much every um, every master that I have known or uh, heard of has always uh, understood the need for protection of that through where you go. So here we're just trying to define a physical boundary. So stay within this, you know, sense of building up a certain presence within a domain so it takes on a particular quality to it you feel this is your place your you can settle into it you've cleared it you've uh, become oriented around it and more significantly cause purification in terms of actions speech and body actions so there can be that sense of something one can rest and open up Establish the field of the forms of the triple gem, the forms of of uh, goodwill. These are not trivial things, and so if you establish those forms, they build up a strong field of protection and restraint and calming and confidence. And your body, this body feels it. This energy body feels that. This is something that's, you know, whole traditions of people have undertook and spent years, you know, just just building up these these forms and fields and respecting them, and venerating, reciting them, reiterating them, checking their behaviour you know, against that. In some places, they, you know, people on retreat, they they every day they make some kind of acknowledgement of faults, clear it, clear it, clear it, so that every day you've got that sense of clearing, 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 no regret, clearing, clearing, clearing. There's a residue of this inner evening chanting, asking forgiveness, of course. Yeah. It's just a convention, but the idea is that every, you can recognize, oh well, you know, one was not awakened to, one got confused, let's start again. You know, we weren't really following dumb, we were following 
you know, thoughts or ideas or future and past or I am this or I'm not that, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so, okay, start, clear it, start again. So you're always refreshing the place of your practice. So it's every time is new. Because in fact, time is irrelevant. We're looking at karma here. Is the karmic field you're generating, is that clear? I'm not saying there aren't any acquisitions in it. Of course, there's acquisitions come up, these residues. But it's right now clearing, clearing, keeping it steady, keeping it clear of laziness, conceit, jealousy, negativities, you know, harshness. Uh, keep it clear. It will, these are not just kind of gestures. They're 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 very real um, uh, practices to 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 build up this uh, this capacity. Heart brightens. Heart brightens. Yeah. Because we're tuning into qualities that brighten the heart. It's respect, it's dignity, it's clarity, it's uh, uprightness, bright heart. Bright heart doesn't go down so quick as a, you know, it's got some strength in it. Qualities of, uh, you know, even perhaps even more significant, but, but requiring a basis, the um, realm of dispassion, detachment, ceasing. And this is something that can, you know, we can even drop into, can be that case that things have lined up, there is a harmony, and suddenly the program stops. The chattering, the negativity, the something stop. We're just in very free space. And you're, you're aware of everything, it's not that you're spaced out, but just the programs, sankaras are stopping. The um, compulsive habits, mental habits, psychological habits, emotional habits. And that's a gift, you know, that, that comes through sincerity, through sincere practice. It's suddenly it. You know, we come out of the out of the inheritance and into something more beautiful. Very important when we recognise this this possibilities and get those breaks. Even though you know more stuff can flood in and we get lost again. Just to remember, whenever that occurs, whenever any of it occurs to any degree, you know, that's something that's out of the pl- out of the off the page of one's normal life. And it's, uh, but the path to dispassion is essentially through wisdom, understanding. Again, unfortunately, this, got to put it in words again, conditionality. These are just causes and conditions. They are, uh, 
you know, the afflictions and even the virtues are causes and conditions. If you keep generating skillful causes, attending to causes and conditions that give rise to uh, lightness, uh, clarity, then, you know, it's like that. If your mind gets caught up into other ones, it's like it goes the other way. And so, you know, naturally the strategy is to build up and keep refreshing oneself in the skillful conditions and building them up. But this is a basis to recognize that even skillful conditions are conditions. They're generated. They are attuned to. And the point of them, of attuning to those skillful conditions is to it's just this. It's just conditions. It isn't, they don't belong to anybody. They don't... Uh, and this is where the, the, the domain of release is, is in that. Again, verbally it doesn't sound very much at all in terms of words. It's, it's a different domain. What's this got to, you know, there's nobody in this. What does it have to do to me? Uh, it's, uh, it's a domain of release. Naturally, this is something that can open uh, briefly, momentarily, sometimes after many years, sometimes one gets it quite quickly and it disappears again, it closes again very frustrating you know you get it in the first two years of practice and then it disappears for 20 <laughs> what did you do wrong mm. you try to get it back again <laughs> or something mm. The ongoing uh, groundwork of that is to is to abide in awareness of change, impermanence, arising, passing, sensations, thoughts, moods, mind states, arising, passing. In a way, very obvious, but also not quite so obvious to do. Uh, it takes a good foundation to be able to allow something to arise. Things can only pass if they've if they've arisen, <laughs> and uh, by and large, when something unpleasant arises, we we don't want it to arise anymore. We, that's enough of that, because we and that's probably in some cases quite wise because we may not have the resources. When there's enough strength and faith and clarity. You can allow something to arise, express itself, and cease. And they don't cease, they don't really cease by themselves unless they've fully arisen. Until one has opened and stepped back and let it pass through. And at first this is, is can't 
isn't something one has the strength to do. Something arises and we just get very reactive to it or uh, very uh, spun out by it. So this is why the strength, strengthening effect of, of mindfulness and samadhi is to create a foundation where the movements of you know, hurt, put it briefly, confusion, can pass through. It's a cleaning out. Mm. And sometimes if they, they're not, you know, when one has the strength, sometimes they're not that strong. And sometimes it can be just that bearing with and letting something move through. And the skill of not adding to it, not proliferating around it, not making more of it. So things can shift, change. Just in my own practice, had a time of great doubt, and this doubt would about meditation or non-meditation, what kind of meditation, or what I should, you know, live in Britain or in Thailand, whether I should, whether being a monk was going to work for me or not, and this, that, this, that, and the mind would come to one set of conclusions, and that's that, and then. As soon as I firmed it up, it would, that sand cast would start to crumble again, and it would swing the other way. No, you should do something else altogether. And that would firm up, and as that firmed up, it would start to crumble, and the mind would just oscillate between these two positions. And every time it oscillated, one wanted to make a firm decision. Get it, look, let's get this really clear. For once and for all, let's sort this out. Figure it out, get it definite, that's the end of the doubt. That's it, yeah, that's it. Except on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it could again, and then it go the other way. That's it, no, no, stay there, no, and it would just start to crumble. And then of course you could see it like this, but they say it this way, and he says it like that. This went on for uh, well, months, and trying to stop the doubt push it down. Stop thinking, you know. Uh, stop thinking, that's it. Right, clear enough. Now they just need to figure out what I, <laughs> what I need to <laughs> clear space. So it's it's quite seductive, falling back into thought. What do you do for the rest of your life? What do you do for the rest of your life? Oh no, it's a big one, isn't it? Rest of my life, I'm going to do the rest of my life. Make your mind up, rest of your life. Doubt. <laughs> Important. Swing, swing, swing. And this uh, thing would, I'd have, you know, like it would be away, it would be absent, it would not be there. 
and feel really quite comfortable we're walking along and I can start to feel it coming and it'll start to rise up and then my mind would just go into this turmoil of doubt so it got so that I've started to imagine it being like a dog following me around and you know so when I sat down, this dog would come up and start licking, biting, and I'd get up, walk somewhere else, get away from the dog, sit down again. A dog would come up and start panting and chewing my ears and woofing. <laughs> I get up, walk somewhere else, go away, go away, go away. Uh, so one time I was just walking along a path, and I could hear it. I could always feel it running up behind me about to start thinking again. It's starting to happen. Uh, I just, just stopped walking and turned round. I said, okay, here I am. <laughs> and the doubt so jumped up and disappeared. So I jumped up, I was just like, okay, fine. Here you are, here I am. And doubt kind of jumped and it dematerialized, disappeared, dissolved. And here you are. That's all you need to know. This is all you can ever be. Mm. So moments of release are very open moments. Mm. where the sankharas, these activations and forms, uh, impelled forms, compulsive forms, you find a place to meet them. And it's here. And the moment of dispassion is when you just don't mind. You just kind of are not seeking an answer. It doesn't matter one way or another. You're not trying to make it, get rid of it, anything you just want to meet that as it is and you find a place where you can meet it and that's why we build up these uh, these forms to give us that ground that refuge the thing arises passes but you have to find the place and the structures that will let that that occur think you know it's the beauty of it. The sankara, this, these are self-releasing. Nobody releases them. They release themselves when the I am gets out of the way. So whenever our I am starts appearing, this is a little motto. Okay, I am, where am I? Now, directly, and fill it out, fill it out, live it, inhabit it, embody it. 